Hi, I'm Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HW Media, talking to Desmond Smith, Chief Growth Officer at UWM, about SafeCheck. Desmond, how are trigger leads impacting borrowers? So trigger leads have become a very big issue throughout many industries, not just mortgages, but specifically the mortgages. What we've seen happen is a loan officer or a broker will pull credit and sometime within minutes, but uh, definitely within the hour, uh, we've had consumers receive upwards of 40 calls. You know, within a day or two, they may receive hundreds of calls. So that's the reason that UWM created SafeCheck to protect borrowers. Thanks, Desmond. And listeners, you can find out more about SafeCheck at uwm.com. Everybody, welcome to Housing Wire Daily. I'm James Kleiman, the managing editor at Housing Wire. And today we have a very special guest. We have John Overfelt. He is the co-owner and head of sales at American Security Mortgage Corporation based in North Carolina. And we're going to talk about all things mortgage today. So, John, welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Why don't you set us up with a little bit of an introduction, talk a little bit about your career path in the industry, and and maybe just give us a, a quick quick breakdown of uh, American Security Mortgage Corporation. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you having me, James. Uh, I got in the business in 1999 or 98. I can't remember one of the two. Um, honestly, how I got in the business was my uh, after I graduated from NC State, had a couple different sales jobs. Didn't have much luck with those. And my mom was a realtor. Uh, so I came over to the house one day. Her loan officer was at the house. And uh, at, from there, I started talking to her loan officer uh, at the time. And I thought, well, my mom's a realtor. This is just going to be a layup. I'm jumping into the mortgage business. I'll have immediate sales and I'll be rich within six months. And uh, that's how I got into business. It really didn't turn out that way. Turns out, you know, even your mom and your mom's friends won't send you business if you're a you know, 24-year-old kid who doesn't know what they're doing in the mortgage business. So uh, that's how I got in the business. I started with GMAC Mortgage way back in the day. Um, I've stuck with GMAC until we went out of business. From there, I moved over to a, a, a Academy Mortgage where I spent a couple of years. And then 08, 09, that, that whole crisis hit. The banks kind of took over the world. So I moved to Wells Fargo. I stayed at Wells Fargo for a long, long time. Great, great company. Learned a lot there. Uh, very thankful for that experience. And uh, left Wells when uh, things started getting rocky there and jumped over to guaranteed rates and was at guaranteed rate for four years in a regional capacity running the, uh, the Carolina markets, uh, which had an awesome time there, learned a lot, met a lot of good people. Um, but I always knew in the back of my mind, I wanted to get into ownership. I wanted to get to the, you know, at some point in time, James, like, you know, the money kind of goes by the side and I'm myself, I'm challenged by like, what am I learning? Like, how am I growing? Uh, you know, what's the next challenge? So the ultimate one was uh, get to the top and learn all facets of the business. So uh, a friend of mine joined American Security and he uh, he talked me into leaving GR, which I would, would say was a, was a hard decision because I'd never left a job that I actually liked. And uh, it sounds weird saying that, but it's hard to leave a job that you like. So left there, came over here. I've been at American Security for close to be two years in December and uh, that's that's kind of how I got on the ownership path. But it was producer, sales leader, branch manager, area manager, regional manager. You know, I ran the full gamut before I, before I got into this position. So it's a, it's been quite a ride. And tell us a little bit about 
American Security Mortgage Corporation? Are you guys wholesale, correspondent, distributed retail, more direct? What's what's sort of the the model that you guys have working? We're a we're a, I would call us a small to medium sized company. We have sixty ish originators. We'll do a little bit over a billion dollars in production this year. Uh, we're the majority of our business comes out of North Carolina, although we do lend in about fourteen different states up and down the East Coast. Um, we're a correspondent lender and we're strictly retail. You know, we don't have a direct sales group. We don't do JVs, none of that, just pure retail, pure mortgage sales. And, you know, it's the most essential form. Correspondence, a tough channel these days. And, and rates are in, in a really, really difficult position for pretty much everybody, right? So we, we know that the rates are right now, as we speak, probably around the 7.374 mark for most 30 year fixed. What have you been seeing this week? What are your LOs quoting borrowers this week? Yeah, it, it, it depends on the scenario. Like if it's a good credit borrower putting a lot down, top tier, conventional, you're in the low sevens. Uh, if it's more challenging credit, uh, maybe investment property, so on and so forth, you can, you can absolutely jump into the eights quickly. If it's a government loan, you can still get in the sixes. So you know, government loans are kind of a sweet spot right now, I think. Industry average shows us, you know, they're probably, I would say, 25 to 35% of uh, most correspondent volume these days. So still some good deals to have there, but you know, you're, you're on point there. Low sevens to low eights to getting in the sixes for a gubby product. Have you guys been doing a lot more government these days? Is, is it, I, I've seen the FHA totals boost pretty dramatically over the last couple of months. Yes, absolutely. With the, uh, I'm, I'm assuming everybody is just because of the LLP changes, right? The LLPA changes have driven a lot of people over to, uh, the, 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 the FHA side because the rate is so much better. When you couple that with the mortgage insurance dropping, uh, that they, I guess they did at the beginning of the year, uh, or maybe it was last year. Um, with those changes, yeah, a lot more FHA, a lot more VA. It just makes sense, even if the borrower's putting a decent amount of money down. Um, you know, I think at the beginning of the year, you had to talk realtors into accepting the contracts, or at least we had to do that here. And I think now that they, now they've, they've caught on to that. So the volume's kind of picked up now that the, the market will accept those, those type products. I mean, that, that's a general good thing for the market, right? It's for so long, the FHA loan was, was really sort of the redheaded stepchild of, of uh, you know, real estate agents and any acceptance will probably be a positive for the overall market, right? Absolutely. I think the, the other part that, uh, that that goes unnoticed about FHA loans is they're just easier to qualify. You know, I, the LLPA changes came into effect and I can't prove it, James. What I can tell you is the, the running DU and LP have gotten a lot tighter than, than it was before. You know, the, the Fannie and Freddie are always tweaking those systems. Um, the, the, the FHA scorecard's a little more liberal. So that's another reason why people are, are doing more of that type product. It's just easier to qualify a borrower, especially with high DTIs. Are, are you guys seeing a lot more down payment assistance applications? Are you seeing more, you know, borrowers with, with maybe poor credit that are still looking to take the leap? Or is it mostly kind of a, a strong contenders game at this point? No, definitely doing a lot more down payment assistance, a lot more CRA products, a lot more housing products than before. You know, borrowers are, are fighting and scrapping any way they can to gain an advantage to get into a home. So, And the originators too, right? Originators are doing loans they haven't done in years uh, just because the volume's off. So Absolutely. We're, we're all doing products that uh, we haven't done in a long time. 
Got it. Let's talk a little bit more about your running sales for American Security Mortgage Corp. It's a tough time for originators. You have about 60 doing, you said about a billion in production. That's that's a pretty strong number considering you don't have an army of, of loan officers out there. What are some of the challenges in, in working with the LOs these days? Is it providing them leads, referrals? Is it getting them in front of agents, just playing part-time therapist sometimes? Where, where do you see the biggest challenge in, in just basically running a sales team? You know, we're fortunate uh, because our sales team is experienced. That's one of, I would say, part of our secret sauce is we have really good retention with sales and ops. So for us, it may be a little bit different than than others. I don't know. But I, for me, like, I think the biggest challenge we have is keeping the team, keeping a, a positive mindset. Um, I, I just met with a group of of originators that do a, a ton of business here in the, in the Wilmington market uh, at a roundtable event that we put on. And they're all wanting to know, you know, like, am I doing okay? And I'm like, guys, you're the best of the best. So if, if they're feeling that, I think the rest of the industry is feeling that. So I think that would probably be the biggest challenge uh, we have is assuring the team of, hey, man, it's tough out there. But we're in the fight with you, uh, but, but you're not doing bad. It, it's just not what it was. And I, I think a lot of originators are grappling with that because the, the change, the change happened in the market so fast, James, that it caused a lot of pain. We've been, I've been in, in tough markets, but I've never been in a market that changed gears so fast like this one has. And, and I think that's, that's the biggest challenge is, is, is the speed of change and keeping the team, um, you know, being, being a therapist and keeping them in the right mindset. It feels like we're still very much in this storm. Depending on who you talk to, rates are going to remain in the sevens for the rest of the year. Maybe they'll remain in the sevens, you know, and into the first quarter of 2024. It's it's really hard to say at this point. So much of it depends on the Fed. How are your originators looking toward the end of the year? What are they planning? Are they, you know, looking more through their database or are they looking to find new contacts of real estate agents or other potential referral partners? What, what are they doing in terms of more of a medium and long-term strategy? I've seen a lot of originators jump over back to the database. I think a lot of them had, had let that go over time just because they were busy. You know, now they're getting more entrenched with it um, because I think it, it's low hanging fruit. And to be honest with you, the realtors don't have a lot to give. I mean, if, if, you, if you're an originator and you think you have it hard, Go try being a realtor. That right now it is really, really hard for those guys. Um, so uh, it's that. Uh, I think they're trying different things, you know, um, driving people to events. It's whatever they can do to get people either out of the office or out of their home, you know, lunch and learns to call them happy hours to wine tastings to, um, you know, bouncy houses, it, whatever. I mean, I, I, they're trying all that now. Um, we're having an oyster roast, I think, uh, sometime in October, right? So we're throwing a big party and, uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get a lot of attendance from that. So stuff like that. Really anything you can do to, to, to get people in the door and, and hope to get business. Yeah. I mean, my, my parents live in, in the area, of course, John, and they have friends and neighbors and nobody's selling pretty much. Everybody's just waiting until, you know, the major life events or, maybe something else, you know, in, in a couple of years opens up, but do you see any, any of that ice thong right now? Is this market going to improve over the next six months? 
Yes and no. So I, first off, I don't think rates are going down anytime soon, James. I'm a thousand percent sure that the government's going to tell you aliens are real before rates get in the fives. <laughs> okay. That, that, there's my prediction. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that'll make me famous. We'll see. Um, people aren't selling their homes, but like you said, they're holding on to the rate because they can't afford to move. Right. I would tell the originators this um, to give you hope. Um, a lot of people have already gotten out of the business. More, more than half the people have gotten out of the business needed to get out of the business. The next wave that comes through will really free up the business. And I had a conversation with a, a I'll call him a, he's a top 30 originator in the United States. He's starting to get more business day in and day out because the loan officer that was doing, you know, five or six deals a year is getting out of the business and the realtors and the builders are now calling him saying, Hey, my cousin's brother used to be in the business. I had to send him deals. Now he's out. I really wanted to work with you from now on. So as the attrition picks up, those who can survive will pick up business. So I think that is where the business will come from, from the originators is the ones who can make it. Uh, they'll, they'll pick up business from attrition, not houses, you know, getting cheaper. Right. We, well, we, we see this on both sides, right? So on the mortgage side, it's something like, 40% of originators do basically all of the business in the US and there's you know a huge number that keep their licenses but don't really do much or maybe do a year in which they do one or two loans or you know kind of part-timers right and and then on the real estate agent side of it there there's Aunt Peggy who does a year in which she'll do one deal two deals and the argument would be made that she's basically taking you know what should be a commission for a professional agent who is in the game, who is, you know, maybe more knowledgeable about the market, about the space, about helping their clients. I saw a stat the other day from Jeff Walton and it said it was something to the effect of 44% of LOs from 2019 are no longer doing loans right now. And so that represents one, a big opportunity for lenders today to get the right LOs and to really start gaining market share, but two, you have a lot more real estate agent partners that have probably also washed out and you can really narrow your focus. Have you seen anything like this on, you know, from your originators in that they, they have maybe fewer uh, referral partners, but better connections because they're able to get the deals done and, and these are the people with listings or what are you seeing on, on that side of the market? I you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of both. So I would tell you like the, the bigger originators typically work with the bigger teams, right? Because they're, you know, they, they've earned that some way, some way, shape or how. Um, so they, they, the bigger originators are working with, with fewer agents. However, the ones that are in the middle and are scrapping, they're having to call on more agents because there's less deals to get from the agent, right? So that's kind of what we've told them is, Hey, go out there and, You've got to cast a bigger net for, you know, one, because there's not enough, the agents don't have as many deals Two, your pull through rates, not what it used to be because the consumer's different than what the, than what the consumer used to be. That's, that's one thing that's like fundamentally changed in the market. And I don't want to run too far down this rabbit hole right now, but if, if you were to ask me what's different between this market and, and 2000 and, and 2001 and 2008 and 2009, the consumer in 2023 is way different. They're rate shopping you from before application, during application, after application, right before closing. Some of them are double apping you. Um, 
if you can build loyalty and trust with them, but they'll absolutely pull out if they have to find a better deal. And it's, it's not totally their fault. They're, they're, you got to think about it from the consumer's point of view. They're buying a house that they think is overpriced. It's at an all time high and rates are super high. Right. I mean, right. And they're buying the mortgage, not you. So. That is right. They're, they're doing all they can do to get in this home. I mean, they're, I mean, the loan officers see it on the DTI. I mean, they're, they're, they're scrapping to get into the home. So that's a fundamental change that's happened in the businesses. The consumer's different and the sales cycle is way longer than it used to be, you know, during the last market shift. Yeah. And you're in a pretty hot market too. You know, it's, it's, it's so much different if you go to a really cold market where there's just not a lot of inventory moving, prices are still too high. You just don't see a lot of activity. So you're also seeing a lot of home builders that are building everything. I mean, like I said, my parents are in your, your neck of the woods and it's got to be probably 40 to 50% of the inventory in the exurbs of North Carolina look like new builds. That's traditionally not an area in which, you know, retail loan officers are able to get any business. Is that generally the case in North Carolina? Depends on where they're at. So like uh, where, where your parents are at outskirts of in a uh, call, we'll call it outskirts of Raleigh. You've got a lot of, we call them track builders, national builders, uh, DR Horton, Lennar, hard to crack those guys. Right. I mean, the, the loan officers and the mortgage companies, they, they are driven off of capture rate. So they're going to do whatever they got to do to capture it. Um, if you come to the middle part of the state, you have more regional builders and mid-sized guys, you can get on with them. You know, it, it, it takes a long time, but, but you can absolutely be one of four or five preferred lenders and, and, and get in that way. I want to switch gears a little bit. One thing that I often see come up when, when we talk about the IMBs, you know, so many of them are struggling, even though the average retail IMB only lost $534 per loan in the second quarter you know, the, those losses were, were kind of propped up a little bit by, you know, MSRs. And one of the big challenges for them is think about the costs, right? If you're an IMB, your expenses are pretty high relative to the volume that you're getting in. And it's not just, you know, cuts, right? It's not just that they haven't, I, I guess you could say, kindly, you know, limited enough positions to account for the volume. There's LO comp, that continues to be pretty high. Are there different models that maybe would work better depending on, you know, the, the type of originator in, in the market these days? What are you guys doing in terms of LO comp? Yeah. So I, you know, the one thing I learned a long time ago is the, the companies, mortgage companies don't dictate interest rates. The market does. So you could be, you could have a hyper competitive market, you know, uh, and let's call it Raleigh. Raleigh, North Carolina is a hyper competitive mortgage market. Well, if you you move that market over to I'll call it the triad, right, which is Greensboro, Winston Salem, not as price competitive there. So the, the comp has to be different for, for both those markets because mortgage business isn't rocket science. It all comes down to the rate. The rate's worth X amount of dollars to the mortgage company. The lower the rate, the, the lower the the lower the rate or the or where it's at in the market that day that depends on the pay, the payout could be lower if the payout's lower you can't pay as much on it it's it, it's really I know it sounds basic but it's really that basic so that that's what drives the lo comp right um, so it kind of depends on what what market they're in but yeah no so the mortgage companies I think for the most part have solved the uh, the volume part of of not making money I think we're 
where where mortgage companies are struggling or what we what we have to figure out is one the consumer right then these consumers rate shopping every time you renegotiate a rate you might be losing on it messes the hedge up so on and so forth slash what what the what the companies are paying to buy the paper is not what it was you, you pull all that together and it, it, it's hard to make money um as far as the the LO comp goes, you know, if you need sharper pricing, odds are you, you got to have, you know, lower comp or you have to have other costs cut out. That, you know, it's one of the things we do that's a little different than most companies is we don't have multiple layers of management. You know, we have the owners and then we have the originators, right? And we, we try to cut that all out in between to, to make us more competitive. Now, does that come at a cost? Probably for some originators, it wouldn't work, right? If, uh, if you need a whole bunch of hand, holding, you know, we're probably not your cup of tea, but if you need super sharp rates, you know, and you can do it, you know, on your own, you really know what you're doing. And, you know, we're, you know, it's a good setup for us. And there's a million different companies with a million different setups. It's just finding the right one that fits in there. But I think that's where LO comp is. Like if, if I were giving tips to other companies on what can you do to manage LO comp, I would say, make sure you've got a tiered commission structure. If you got LOs that aren't doing business, tear down what the what the amount is. A lot of companies do that. If you're at a big company and you've got high fixed cost, if they're not doing enough business, you need to determine whatever that break even point is. And if they're not doing it, you need to move them on. Um, you know, if, if they're not having success at your company, it doesn't mean they can't have success at someone else's company. Sure. I, I think it, I think it's, yeah, there are probably a lot of hidden gems in that 44% yeah. that, are, that are no longer doing a lot of that business, right? The other thing you can do is you can limit pricing concessions, right? I, in my experience, a lot of the pricing concessions come from the producers who are not, you know, are struggling to get business because it's, it's just one or two deals here or there. Maybe they messed up the, the, the rate quotes on and so forth. So you can, you can limit pricing concessions is another thing you can look at to combat that. I want to talk a little bit about the correspondent side of the business. I know you guys do a lot of correspondent business. It has been a really tough market, especially since Wells Fargo announced the exit. What have you seen broadly in that space over the last couple months? What we saw when Wells left was uh, you know, the jumbo side started tightening up, not so much the conventional or, or FHA side. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we call it luck or not, but hasn't had a huge impact because rates went so high people in that jumbo market just pay cash for the houses now or, you know, or they borrow against assets under management. Most of those people had the money anyway. Um, they were just choosing to finance it cause it was cheaper. But when Wells left, um, you know, certainly other saw a few regional banks back out, saw guidelines tighten up, saw, L, you know, it was a bunch of uh, jumbo lenders offering 90% LTVs. They immediately went to 85 or some at 80 tighten up guidelines here or there. Um, I will tell you, we're starting, James, we're starting to see new players though come into the market, right? Um, in the jumbo land. So hopefully they'll find an opportunity there and, and step in and fill the gap. But it, because rates are so high, it's been a non-issue. Maybe if rates fall a little bit, it, it, maybe it becomes a problem. John, what else is on your mind? Is there anything, uh, you, you've been at all these conferences, you're traveling quite a bit, you're in the trenches working with LOs. What does the industry need that it doesn't have right now? I think that the consumer has changed and I'm not sure they're going back to the consumer of old with, you know, the, the digital change from COVID and where house prices are and where rates are. Um, and thus the, the box that the LO is put into from a compensation standpoint, 
I think it's broken. I think it puts a lot of pressure on the loan officer and on the mortgage company because of laws that were written, you know, during Dodd-Frank years ago. And I'm not saying we go back to paying overage, but I do think that, you know, we need some help on recrafting the laws of, of how LOs are paid because it, it, you know, it's putting a lot of people in bad positions. You know, it, it, it's not healthy for the loan officers or the mortgage companies. That would be, I've had, you know, some magic dust. I'd like to sprinkle. That's where I would sprinkle it. Well, maybe you can talk to Bob Brokesmith in Philadelphia in a couple months and uh, (laughs) see what he's going to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. (laughs) All right, John, thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciate it. Everybody, please follow John on LinkedIn. He's already got what, 21,000 plus connections. So he's uh He's a really social guy, loves connecting with other originators and other folks in the industry. So give him a, he's a great follow too. So please uh, check him out on LinkedIn. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. We'll see you back here on Monday for more news and insights.